Welcome to First Baptist Wiley. We're excited to bring you these weekly messages. Find out more about us or give online at fbw.church. I love my friends, the skit guys. Tommy Woodard, Eddie James, they're some of the best. And truly, not only are they just funny, but they're also really great men, and I appreciate their friendship. Appreciate what they do to the body of Christ and providing what's really great content. And what a great point about missing Jesus, that nothing that we fill our lives with can replace Jesus. You know, I'm reminded of one verse I just want to share with you uh, on this Christmas weekend. And it was a verse that comes out of the book of Isaiah. Isaiah was the favorite book of Jesus to quote. And it speaks of the prophecy of Christ himself. And it says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. For unto us a child is born. That is what Christmas is all about, the incarnation that God came near, Emmanuel, God with us that he put on flesh and he dwelt in our midst. And there's four, there's four titles that speak of who Christ is. And, and, and they're, they're beautiful and they're personal and they're specific. And you know, I don't know what circumstances meet you on this Christmas weekend, uh, but I would imagine that one of these four titles, one of these four aspects of who uh, this child is would minister to where you may be. The first, it says this, that he is a wonderful counselor. I don't know about you, but I personally have benefited from counselors in my life. Some of those have been the wisdom of of parents. Um, Some of those have been the wisdom of friends. Uh, Some of those have actually been through the wisdom of professional counselors, which I highly recommend if, if you need one. You know, there is no shame in admitting that you need help. And so I hope and pray that you would find a friend, you would find a loved one, you would find a counselor if needed. But he says right here that he is a wonderful counselor. In the book of James, it says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. You know, what, what Jesus would want for you is simply to ask him for what you need. I've, I've always found it intriguing that sometimes we just make this harder than what it is, isn't it? You know, I, uh, I'll just be candid. I'm not very handy, uh, but here recently in my personal life, I feel like I've hit some real milestones. Um, I actually put together a box, this really large storage box in my backyard, and I felt really good about myself after that because I followed the directions. Um, I also did this. I I built an outside propane heater. Uh, It came with instructions. It was amazing. Only had three parts left over. That was it, right? But I mean, other than that, like most of it is really the way they told me how to put it together. Isn't it amazing how just sometimes the Bible is so simple and that following Jesus is so simple. It's just that we just do what he says. But to, to do what he says, we have to ask. And I want you to know that God will give you wisdom wherever you are, whatever it is you face. You know, whatever 2022 has to offer, God has an ounce answer. Why? Because he's a wonderful counselor. So he's a wonderful counselor. 
But it also says what? It says that he is a mighty God. He's a mighty God. In fact, he is the only God. You do realize that when we think about him, um, the Bible says in Psalms 24 that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. You do understand that he's a mighty God. You know, as you think about the world and you think about problems, the, the truth of the matter is this. Either your problem is bigger than your God or your God is bigger than your problem. And don't you realize that this King Jesus who shows up in the manger is also mighty God. He is, he is the God of all. Um, he is the God of wonders. He is the God of creation. And I hope and pray that he is your God because if God is on your side, no one can come against you. You see, with God, all things are possible. Why? Because he's a mighty God. You know, he's not a small, impotent deity. It's amazing how uh, the, the gods of this world pale in comparison, isn't it? The gods of this world offer um, strength and might, and yet they never bring about the fruition. And some people think that they'll find, because they worship at the altar of money, and they think that money will, will be the end-all, be-all in their life. And while money can solve some problems, you do understand that all the money you ever attain, all the possessions you ever attain are going to be left right here on this side of eternity. You know, there are some who follow false gods. And, and while, you know, there are some who are very sincere, and, and if sincerity uh, brought about salvation, then perhaps more people would make it into heaven. But, but Jesus was very specific when he said that he was the way, the truth, and the life, and no one that comes to the Father except by him. Why? Because he's a mighty God. And I hope and pray on this Christmas morn, this Christmas weekend, that you know our mighty God. It also says this about him. He says that he is a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. You know, of all the ways that, that God could have chosen to relate to us, he could have chosen many lenses, but he chose the lens of a father. You know, on Christmas, I have to just tell you that I always uh, get a little bit emotional when I think about my own father. And my own father, uh, first off, was a great father. You know, I, I, uh, when I was born, I had a biological dad, and my biological dad uh, deserted me when I was four years old. And uh, as I grew up, um, I didn't have him in my life, but God sent to my life a man who, quote-unquote, was my stepdad, but he was my dad. And at the age of right at that time when I lost one, another stepped in and uh, he gave me his name and he gave me his heart and uh, he gave me all that he had. In fact, I would tell you that today I'm a product of all that what my dad sacrificed to put me in this place. And I say that to you because of my dad taught me what it was like to be adopted into a family. And it says in Romans 8 verse 15 for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry Abba Father I want you to think about that for a minute of all the ways that God could have related to you and to me he chose to do so by the lens of fatherhood he could have been a boss uh, who said go and do this and based his relationship with you on your performance. He could have been a, a military leader who, because of the structure of, of command and control, 
would force you to do whatever he wanted you to do. Um, he, he could have chosen multiple lenses by which to relate to you and me, but yet he chose the lens of Father. And he says right here, our spirits cry, Abba, Father. Abba, in this text, it, it, in the Greek, it literally means Daddy. That, that's, that's the way that he wants to relate to you today. And you know, for some of you watching this, the lens of fatherhood has been broken for you because you've, you've had a bad experience, maybe like I did in my early life with an earthly father. And I want you to imagine something with me. Imagine with me what a perfect father would be like. And that's what your heavenly father is. You see today, if you don't know him, he wants to adopt you into his family as a son or daughter of a most high king. And that is why Jesus came. And then finally, he's called our Prince of Peace. Our Prince of Peace. You know, we live in a world today where it seems like peace is so absent, isn't it? Where peace seems foreign. In fact, maybe in some of our lives, we've gotten so used to the drama of our life that we uh, fail to remember that on this Christmas, Jesus is our Prince of Peace. Um, peace is, is not circumstantial. Peace is not the absence of problems. In fact, uh, Jesus being the Prince of Peace um, it didn't say that we were going to be void of problems. In fact, Jesus was actually very upfront when he said, in this world, you will have troubles, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Why? Because he's the Prince of Peace. One of my favorite verses is found in the book of Philippians when it says this, be anxious for nothing, but by all things, by prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. And then the peace that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Why can he do that? Because he's the Prince of Peace. He says, be anxious for nothing. You know, we, we don't have anxiety about anything. Why can he make that promise? Because he's the Prince of Peace. You see, the way that we appropriate peace, the Prince of Peace, is we simply this. It says, be anxious for nothing. It's actually a command. You're like, well, I, I can't do that. I mean, I, I don't know how to do that. Well, he, he gives us the prescription how to do this. It says, be anxious for nothing, but by all things through prayer and supplication. You know, one of the, the tips that I give people in finding peace in their life is this, is you pray until you get a peace. You know, if you say, well, I still don't feel like I'm at peace, then you better keep praying. Because he says this, that, that we make those requests known to him. You do realize that whenever you pray, one of the beautiful things about prayer is this. It's not that it always changes your circumstances, but it, that it changes you. Be anxious for nothing, but for all, by all things, by prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. And then the peace of God that transcends understanding. In other words, it's bigger than our understanding. It's like my circumstances haven't changed, but I have changed. It transcends our understanding. We'll do two things. It will guard our hearts and our minds. Why is that important? I don't know about you, but whenever I get anxious, a lot of times my mind runs to scary places. My mind goes to the worst possible scenario. My mind starts just imagining the parade of terribles. And so the, the peace of God that transcends uh, our understanding is, is it keeps our mind from doing those things. And then also it does this, it guards our heart. And I think it guards our hearts from becoming hard. It guards our hearts from becoming calloused. Um, it, it, it allows our hearts to be able to feel and be healthy. You know, if you're not careful, this world will make you hard. It will make you indifferent. 
You know, the, the opposite of love, you do realize, is not hate, it's indifference. And Jesus came 2,000 years ago, so he might be our uh, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And I hope wherever you may be on this Christmas weekend that you and yours experience God's highest and best. And I look forward to seeing what God's going to do in you and through His church in the new year. Hey, until then, Merry Christmas.